0: You're listening to The People's Pitch, the official podcast of Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by footballstadiumprince.com. Let's start the show. And as I talked about just a couple minutes ago, as Joe Watt stands over this one, he appears to be the one taking the penalty here. Uh, This is a huge confidence booster if you're a Duluth. Worst case scenario for City right here.
1: And And it
2: stopped! Yes! And
0: it stopped! Totally redeemed himself. Matt Elder redeeming himself. Oliver with the right foot. The shot of the goal! goal! Oliver! Justin Oliver will break the scoreless tie. Then it is 1-0 Minneapolis City. It's Hutton now
1: on the offense with the left foot. And And it is
3: now 2-0 Minneapolis City.
0: Good finish. Nick Hutton taking his quick victory lap.
1: welcome back you murderers this is the people's pitch podcast (laughs) the official podcast of your minneapolis city soccer club i'm your host john and with me as always is the nate morales sorry for the long delay folks but we had a whole bunch of stuff that has been going on in and outside of city headquarters we are back baby and we are ready to turn the page to year seven of our social experiment nate how are you doing man
2: (laughs) i'm good i'm I'm doing really good i'm just gonna stir this drink real quick (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm actually awesome. I think that you know it's funny because we kind of wanted to do a podcast for a couple of weeks ever since you know because we did one after the Christmas. MLS draft. Yeah, yeah, we did one after the MLS draft, and everything was going really well. And then it's just like, man, we gotta. I mean, what are we gonna talk about? There's really nothing except for the future announcement. Really. What? Except what? the announcement, and we knew it was coming. Can. So yeah. this is uh this is this is the week where like all the news hits at once, and now we've got like. Now the podcast has got to ramp up because because the season's going to start.
1: Yeah, dude, we're starting. So there's a shit ton going on around the soccer world that we know you want our hot takes on. And we're going to give it to you all tonight. We're First gonna, and foremost. Oh, US- gonna, it's so hot. <laughs> we're
2: going to give it to you all.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're going to give you so much hot. <laughs> Uh, the u.s national team has had a lot to talk about and they are currently playing on hbo of all places as we record this um there's also the loons they've been up to their old offseason ways again and uh <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that and then we get back to crow things we have the man the myth the legend new general manager of minneapolis city soccer club matt Ben Ben scoten in the house tonight, or as he probably heard them say in the Netherlands, the hus. the huis, <laughs> um, yeah, whatever it is, I don't know. I don't, think <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know.
2: Maybe it's the Hoos,
1: Hoos? Hoos? It's Huis, who? It's H U I S. Get know. me a well, Dutchman. Yeah, almost like we, we're we're gonna have one on, so yeah. we'll ask him. Um, so it. Nate, let's get after it. Just when you thought we were done <laughs> with all of the U.S. soccer bullshit, fresh, fresh off of images of Leo Messi. Hoisting the World Cup trophy wearing some weird Middle Eastern lingerie. News <laughs> comes out that the most momest of soccer mummest things has happened in the United States soccer landscape. And this, my friends, is what has been dubbed Geogate. Nate, I'm sure you're up to speed on on Geogate, but <clears throat> maybe you're not. Let me yeah, give no, you- a quick, I am. let me give you folks a quick rundown before we talk about all this bullshit. So quick rundown. Geo, we'll just call him the kid. Kid fucks off in the lead up to game one of the World Cup after likely probably seeing that he won't start ahead of two guys in Christian Pulisic and Timothy Weah who were in favor from a, a coaching perspective and in really good form. So maybe a positional change, Geo thought, but he fucked off, didn't put the, the work in. Then coach, well, Greg Berhalter, we'll call him coach. Coach tells him, sorry, man your effort sucks. You're going to have a limited role in the world cup. Kid probably gets pissed off, calls mommy and daddy. Then after he tells mommy and daddy, what happened, things get weirder. Everyone and their mother was wondering why Gio Reyna didn't play so much in the world cup. And we, and we're finding out why now, um, then coach calls him out in front of the team and kid apologizes to the team. Then you think things are over. Well, let me give you a quick background before we dive into what happened next. So, kid his dad claudio reyna who is a u.s soccer legend and ha- has held positions in ussf before um he ended up ends up being grade school bros with Greg alter they played soccer together soccer together national team together so like that that's a deep relationship right so on top of that kid's mom and coach's wife were college roommates and teammates at north carolina so there's a deep thing there and to top it off geo grew up in and around the relationship that his dad had with the coach so there's there's not nepotism there because we've all seen what the guy what the kid can do but it's like uh you know out of anyone on the team maybe you think that that guy gets a little bit more leeway but apparently he didn't so that gives you the less I
2: i mean it makes sense that maybe he got less but we can talk about that
1: yeah so that gives you the background on on the relationship piece of it. Um, on top of the fact that USSF is riddled with guys that were teammates of both of them with the national team, so another mm-hmm. added layer. So then we get back. Mom and Dad call their homies at USSF during the World Cup about baby getting treated like shit and start to pop off and and voice their opinion. Then mom goes and calls the USSF. And uh, Ernie Stewart in particular, and basically says, "I have this story about the coach. He's a he's a he's a, he's a a, a a woman abuser. He he got in an altercation with my then roommate, his now wife, like mo- almost two decades ago, back in college. And like this is the person that you want to have uh, at the top of the of the pyramid here, coaching this team. Like what mom, soccer mom bullshit is that? It's, Absolutely. I mean, like, and then then the story starts." coming out um about that happening but before that happens coach thinks uh post world cup thinks he's off the record in a very public forum and pops off and names the kid as the player that uh, he was having troubles with then all the stars align why dia wasn't playing then all hell breaks loose and we find out that the mom got involved and the dad got involved and there's 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 just all more of a nepotist. Shitstorm that a nepotism shitstorm than there than there was even hiring the coach, and our country looks like a just a pile of shit from on the soccer landscape. I was just telling you I was with some of my former t- teammates from Germany this uh, this past weekend, yeah. and I ate crow no pun intended <sighs> the whole weekend because of this because really? they all follow Geo in Germany and they and they're like oh man <laughs> like. If that ever happened in our country, like heads would roll and like the kid would never play. So that brings me to my last point before I kick it to you and get your thoughts on this whole thing is who's really to blame here? Is it like, can do you blame Gio Reyna for what he did in Qatar? I think yes. Um, I oh, think that, that that was immaturity again. We're talking about literally almost a child, like he's two years removed from be, being a child, um, you know. At, as the letter of the law indicates, he's, he's almost a child, but he did what he was supposed to do from a maturity perspective. He came clean to his team, apologized. Everything gets swept under the rug in house. Everything should have been fine there, but then his parents step in. So do, I don't know if like he knew his mom and dad were calling. I have to believe that he did because he didn't look very happy in Qatar for obvious playing reasons, but maybe he knew what was happening behind the scenes, but are, are the parents then truly to blame? I, I think yes. And what does this do for him moving forward as one of probably, if not the most talented player in our player pool, uh, like pound for pound player? Like, I don't know. I, like Does he get called into a future camp whenever we figure out the coaching situation? If Burhalter's back, the answer is hell no. So then what does the kid do? Does he go, he was born in England. Does he just call up, the new manager of England and is like, Hey, so yeah, I'm making my one-time switch to England or does he file maybe in Germany? Like we might lose one of the best talents that we've had in generations in our country because his fucking mommy called the boss and like tried to get the coach fired. Like what the fuck? What the literal fuck?
2: Yeah. I didn't even think about that, John. Right. Like how I I did kind of have a note here after, after a, a, a few points questioning that very same thing how will this because it's clear this will backfire or has backfired and and how will it affect his club soccer prospects I didn't even think about the the fact that it how is it going to affect his prospects with U.S. men's national team I mean I think you're right like from this like you said from the start like Gio Reyna is a good player a, a borderline great player that could have been the next might still be the next you know uh Pulisic, yeah. right right like everyone thinks Christian Polisic is gonna be was gonna be the savior of this team Gio Reyna kind of in the same boat there but I think it's clear from this and from the arc of his career that he's clearly had all the opportunity in the world handed to him like
3: mm-hmm. if, oh, you, yeah,
2: sure. if you grew up in that in that house with that dad and all of those friends of your dad right in that environment mm-hmm. like how is it how could you not come, be, become a, great, a good soccer player and get but also how do you get not know
1: also how do you not know how it all works well you know i think that i think that you know
2: giving him the benefit of the doubt maybe he was probably maybe he was knowing how long he's known greg berhalter a little too casual right i in would say camp. it's
1: probably probably it
2: yeah a little too casual in camp not you know not probably is a little bratty knows he's not getting the looks and so he's so what's the point I'm not going to try super hard in training. Gets called out, yada yada yada. I'm sure all that happened, and I'm sure that Berhalter embellished it, dramatized it a little bit for the crowd oh, around yeah. like what he told this player to do, and he made sure the player stood up and apologized and all that. I'm sure I'm
1: in charge. Yeah,
2: I'm sure to do dude, what I say. I'm sure there's you know a little bit of truth in there, but I think mm-hmm. we can take kind of what happened at in Qatar at face value. What really blows my mind that is how clearly this is just a classic silver spoon response from a family who's used to getting their way right like the not only it, it's not even because it's not the investigation from the US men's national team really wasn't about greg the investigation is about all of the the ancillary threats and and um that were received what? by by Um, that, that members of the staff, other, other employees and members of the staff received. So you have to think John, that not only did his mom, uh, not only did his mom call and and dad probably put the pressure on Greg around, why isn't my kid starting called Ernie after the fact, after he didn't get the starts or after he didn't get the minutes to complain about Greg. Right. But they were the whole time in Qatar, probably calling, like you said, People Each other. In, everybody. Yep. Yeah, people in Reyna's rolodex that he has played with, worked with in the past. Everyone they knew in their U.S. men's national U.S. soccer network to say, to put, putting the hurt on him, basically saying, "Do what you have to do to get my, get to get the boy minutes." And mm-hmm. it blew up in their face. And now the question is, like you said, will this backfire? And affect the his men's national team prospects. Will this backfire and affect his club soccer prospects in Germany? Like there are a lot of a lot of question marks around how this is going to play out in the future. Or yeah. it might just blow over. Greg might just not come back.
1: Well, I don't think it's affecting his playing time in Germany. He scored no. two game two game winners back to back. Like like it's not affecting that. But I don't know, man. It's just it. it, it it's just like, God damn it. Why? This is why we don't have nice things. And we have, mm-hmm. and then now we have a World Cup we're hosting. Like, <laughs> like come on. It could not be the worst timing. So where does this leave us then with Greg Berhalter? He's out of contract. He's not coaching tonight. Um, did not coach this camp because he doesn't have a job. So um, how the contracts work at the national team level, for those of you who are wondering why the, his staff is coaching – is that the 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 back of the house staff and the assistant coaches are on staff for um at, for 3 months after a calendar year just in case something like this happens. So like the the head coach ends on January 1st and everybody goes through you know February March and then they're then they're done if they don't get retained if a new coach comes on. Or they read up their contract and then they stay on for another calendar year, which would give them another three months after after their contract. The head coach's contract runs out. So um, they rolled out some some ass hat with a British accent, assistant <laughs> lame duck manager <laughs> coach for the uh, the, uh, the camp cupcake they call it, the January camp that's always usually like the C squad. So um, oh, and I, I forgot to mention, throughout all of this, they already fired Brian McBride who is the one person I I believe is the only person with a moral compass probably in that whole building. Eesh. And so he's gone because of what happened. He's also gone because of the performance at the World Cup, um, not really scoring a goal, more than one goal in the run of play. Um, <clears throat> so he's out. But, Nate, names like Zidane, Jose Mourinho, Tata Martinez, Jesse Marsh, to name a few, uh, Bielsa. Bielsa I was going to mention, in- Yep. Yeah they've been thrown out there and floated to, 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 take over. But before I get into my thoughts on the next manager, what are your thoughts with, you know, the opening and, and who should fill it?
2: It's funny you mentioned Bielsa cause you know, my, my guys, the Mexicans also the news broke today that they had, they had agreed. They had an agreement with Bielsa, but mm-hmm. some members of their federation shot that down and they're probably going back to the, to the hedgehog Herrera. Which, oh, I
1: love, I love the old hedgehog, <laughs> the which is, awesome. which is,
2: which is very interesting to me and, and actually encouraging. If the United States wants, they could probably approach, approach him and, and have a good, good shot at it. Cause if this, I mean, Mexico also not a great showing at the world cup. Also, I don't want that job offensively, offensively, offensively worse than us. Right, they had a tougher group for sure, but they just they just couldn't score, and they just looked old. And 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 if Bielsa was interested in that job, you gotta think he'd be interested in our job. I mean,
1: you look at both of those. I want nothing to do with the Mexico job with right. what's going on with that federation. But also, I I always thought that the next in line after Tata Martinez was always going to be Rafa Marquez, who's been coaching the B team at Barcelona. And it, it just makes sense that he would be a, the, the next up in line. And he's such a beloved character in yeah. the landscape of Mexican soccer. Yeah. So, so, but anyways, he's my starting thoughts? center back
2: in, 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 FIFA ultimate team.
1: Well, he's, he was a damn good player. Got also the ponytail uh, and everything. Also a total ass hat um, <laughs> of his own right. But what are your thoughts on, on the rest of the group? Uh,
2: I mean, uh, you look at that list and you're just like, who, whom, whomst. Is is on is actually available, right? Like you could just start rattling off unemployed soccer stars and say, yeah, they could take the job. But I mean, Jesse Marsh, no. He unless unless something awful happens at Leeds in the next month or two, and they drop to to into the relegation zone, and the board makes a drastic decision, I think he's he's going to stay there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think if if we look Jose's way, I would I will be very upset i think he's one of the biggest assholes in soccer i think so every club he touches hates him when he leaves like there's just like talk about a culture killer right there
1: so i'm gonna pause you there i think the opposite not because he coached yeah. man united, and I'm united <laughs> fan, but don't you think he's the type of asshole that actually has a, a proven track record i mean he does well wherever he goes it's usually like Disagreements and with players and it, the stuff that comes with more more club soccer than international soccer. Sure, that's but don't fair. you think he's a, don't you think he's the type of asshole that we need to be like? Oh, you want to tell me that I have to have twenty five percent of my roster be MLS players? Go fuck yourself! I'm trying to win a World Cup, like and and get away with it. You know what I mean? Like Maybe. Jurgen tried getting tried, but he's just like you know your tiny little German who was like you know with his little voice and didn't and, and didn't really have the backbone that. I thought he was going to have with, with, uh, trying to take control. And but he wasn't I dealing think,
2: with the same pipeline that, that you would be now.
1: You're right. Exactly. But still, like he wouldn't deal with all the, Jose would not put up with any of the bullshit coming from the relationship with MLS, MLS and, and continue. I just want to throw it in there because I think that he actually might be a good idea. Um, but continue.
2: Yeah. So I think, uh, I think, you know, Tata Martino would be, would be a sweet option. I think, I don't know about Zidane. He already turned right? it down. He did speak English. Right? Oh, I was going to say just because just because he was a great player and an okay in a coach for a big team, like you know, you can't you can't assume he would take the job. He already turned it down anyway, like you said. Um, yeah. But who was the guy we talked about a couple of weeks ago who just got fired from Spain? That we well,
1: that... I'm going to get into that
2: because <laughs> I think been...
1: he. Yeah,
2: well, <laughs> I think Kat... I think he'd be my top option, honestly.
1: So cats out of the bag that I was going to say you back the Brinks truck up full of cash right to Luis Enrique. And you're like, here's the keys, bro. Make it happen. Um, but I think like my thoughts on, on the job itself, it's such a desirable job, but it has so much stink on it. Like you Mm. look at the FIFA scandals, you look at how corrupt CONCACAF used to be, and they're trying to clean it up. You look at the federational nepotism that we've had with the, his boss will be the brother of the guy that likely isn't coming back. Um, you look at parents calling the Federation about who about the the, the mistreatment of their their babies to uh dur- during a major tournament like that stuff I look at that and I'm like yuck but well I don't why- know I
2: don't know because then because in these in these in this instance when you talk about a guy like Luis Enrique or Jose or Todd or you know all of those coaches are legendary like larger than life, coaches. So, but do you th- think it
1: matters with a mom who's one to do that? Yes. Or it, like a- it
2: well, I mean, yes and no. Like the mom can sh- can can call up the moms and dads can call up and shriek all they want, right? But it's 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 like, well, you're not calling your husband's college roommate anymore. You're calling one of the greatest coaches in the, that has ever right. coached the game. You know. Right. <laughs> so
1: good luck. Well, we we've, we've already yeah. Right, yeah <laughs> that that pigeons definitely gonna hit a plate glass window and not not uh, deliver the message um, but I you know I already let the cat out of the bag I think it's Luis Enrique if he wants the job it's his but why why take the top why take this job with all the the stink attached to it mm-hmm. you're you don't have to qualify for a World Cup so you need to build your system and to identify top talent if it's not already there um, it, so that that's a huge plus. It um, is a huge
2: automatic world cup
1: automatic world cup um the world cup is is it's in the country you have you have the money and the resources that some federations don't have um you know there's there's just a lot of good about this job which every time we we get the wrong person in place i'm like god damn it like why can't we just make the right decision you know like why are we bringing back a bruce arena you know like mm. why why are we like why are we hiring Greg Berhalter of all people to be the person in charge of a rebuild to get us back there? He did the, he did the job though. He got us back yeah. there, but still like with the talent we have, we shouldn't be like squeaky bum time when the hexagonal is starting, like we should sure. be well on our way to, to being there because we have um, as the massive superpower of the United States is in everything that we, we enter into. Um, but um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I, I hope it's Luis Enrique, but Let's put a pin in that uh, until we hear more news. But And without spending too much time on the Nats, are we really at the point, Nate, where they're playing soccer on the same channel, HBO, that is the home of taxicab confessions and real sex? <laughs> like, like yeah,
3: what, I, what, what are we doing?
2: It's just like we are truly in the, the new era of streaming rights, John. When you think about MLS going to Apple Plus... Um, you know HBO yeah there's a, HBO getting uh, getting this I mean it started with the Premier League being on Peacock and it's just like this is life now man and you've got to have all the subscriptions or you're not going to get to watch what you love and you know so much for cutting the cord now you're paying now you're paying even more so yeah. that's great Um so awesome. but John I'll tell you man it, it, it you know like you said not to talk too much about the men's side Let's let's move over to the women's because the men's team mired in bullshit. The women's team came back from New Zealand. Big winners, man. They took mm-hmm. it to the Kiwis, scoring nine goals over two games. And, and that's, you know, New Zealand's not great, but it's a nice warm-up because the She Believes Cup is coming up in February, which is a great international tune-up that's going to hopefully get them firing on all cylinders in the World Cup. I think if you look at the women's side of the game, the worry really is and has been you got the new coach you got a rotation of veteran talent out Ju- uh, you know Julie Ertz out had a baby Sam Mewis out injured Carly Lloyd retired um,
1: Alex Morgan's on her
2: last legs yep 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 you, you get young players <laughs> Rapinoe of course you also just <laughs> the victory lap but you've got and then you've got these young players coming in that are that are largely unproven incredibly dynamic but very exciting you know and very exciting but like yeah. who do, you got to figure out who to rely on in some of these clutch positions like like defensive midfield to replace mm-hmm. Julie it's like we might be in good shape we we might not but it is nice to have a team that wins isn't
1: it it is i, I really never worry about the women's side you know i think we're we're light years ahead of uh, of things on that side versus the men's team but what i worry about Nate, is the rest of the world taking Mm -hmm. giant leaps forward while we either maintain or slightly grow. So my only thought or thoughts are when will it be like the men's team for the next generation to come through and really get their shot? And you you spoke to it. And if we're going to, or are we finally going to see a women's world cup where instead of being a ours to lose or, or a major contender and we crash out in the group stage with the early knockouts on the back, of a bunch of old ladies who should have been replaced probably a year ago.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's going to be the case. Like the, like the, I think we might, this, this might be the year where we, where we exit early because we, we've got so many young players that are yeah. in to replace. And, and it's going to be like, like you said, Alex Morgan on her last legs, Tobin Heath on her last legs.
1: Um, yeah, this, Pew, name, I mean, you can go, you can name 15 players.
2: Yep, those they're all little. They're all they're all aging out. Um, press right, but it's but yeah, it's Pew, It's um, uh, who's the who's the woman that I was just looking at it anyway. Uh, the, you know, there's a midfielder that's coming back in that should be good. Um, Mewis little the other Mewis like hopefully they can step up, and mm-hmm. and perform and and we'll see. I, I'm just the thing is is the difference is, is, I don't watch women's soccer otherwise like i don't watch the the nwsl um not not really watching a lot of a lot of um women's premier league that kind of a thing so like these world cup games these these women's tournaments are really awesome opportunities to get to know our talent and to kind of get interested in the next generation so i just hope that they can show up that they can perform and if not like you know it might just be a down year and the cycle will start anew but yeah you're right well great they're
1: they're getting bigger Greg Verholter might need a job by then and he's taking a team back to the world cup. So you never know. Zing. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Good. All right. Well enough about the national team. Let, let's move on.
2: As Minneapolis city was dropping the big news this week, the club on the other side of the river found itself scooped and they're probably counting their blessings for it. Behind the reaction to city's announcement of Carl Craig was kind of a low roar of soccer supporters up in arms over the cryptic announcement of the legion a thing (laughs) is a thing that sounded an awful lot like a like a club-sponsored supporters group which is a no-no the twitterverse was going wild with speculation and accusations i myself very upset but after the dust settled it became evident that the legion in fact john is a sweepstakes housed on a buggy website with confusing language did you um? Did you get the impression that it was a sweepstakes your first time on the site?
1: Uh the answer is no, Nate. I did not, and I still do not believe that it actually is a sweepstakes. Um, the whole thing sucks, in my opinion. And after reading the fine print of what I could get at, because it was like you said, real hard to, uh, yeah, real hard, <laughs> real hard <laughs> to find literally anything of detail, and was like, what the fuck is this? Um, I read the fine print of what I could find, and who is behind such an awesome idea, Nate? Lo and behold, our good old friends over at Soccer United Marketing. Like, really? Yeah. What the fuck? Like, the best. The best. I know I know, a way to keep your job. Hire some to do something for you. <laughs> um, and, anyways, the marketing across town, in in our show's opinion, I'm gonna lump both of us into this category, has not been great since the team started. If we're being honest, and this has never been anything more than a it's it hasn't really been anything ever more with with Minnesota United from a marketing perspective and from a club uh, organizational perspective than a little glimmer of hope that the club actually cares about. It's true supporter system, um, which is the wonder wall plus, you know, the, the, the casual soccer fan that maybe is a parent of a child that mm-hmm. plays um, like there really is never an, in, a, a true full on investment into those folks outside of just lip service. We, and we've talked about it at, at, at length, but this is just another bruise. And I think a very, a very public dark, dark bruise <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that they, or over there had to quickly backpedal from through social media. And if you ever put them, I mean, we're, we're advertising and marketing guys. If you ever yeah. put something out there that you have to quickly backpedal from on social media, it wasn't a good idea in the first place. Not so, successful.
2: Nope.
1: Not successful. They had to backpedal and, and, and basically so they didn't eat a total sandwich, which I think that they already did eight. Did eat, but for me, this is just another reason why. If you enjoy the the game at a high, at at a high level, a high enough level, then maybe where you currently sit with your fandom, to watch it live, literally anywhere else where they're charging at the gate, and and then maybe still follow this team from afar on television or or whatnot. But in my personal opinion just another last at trying to unite people it was done in the wrong way. Someone should be fired because of it, because it wasn't great. It wasn't rolled out properly, but no one's going to get fired. They're going to, the same people are going to be in charge. They're going to keep doing the same things. And it's just like, like the U S soccer thing you talked about. It just makes us look, look terrible, like by proxy, but you know when people like thought it was Minneapolis city It was like, and messaged me and was like, "Oh, you you guys, I thought you already had us." What they're like, they're like, "What's this thing over here?" I'm like, "Oh no, that's not us. That's not you." Us. Mean
2: you mean that thing that's clearly branded like Minnesota United? Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, no, no, no,
1: anyway, no, that, that is not us, and it's just it it, it makes my blood boil to a point Nate, where there's a faction of people that are still so diehard and connect they what is going on over across the river from us and that's okay like if that's your thing like by all means I'm just happy you like watching it and you like supporting it. Go ahead. But if you know two shits about like marketing for one or level soccer this just makes your blood boil and your heart hurt because there's still gonna be people who are gonna be pouring everything into you as a, as an organization that clearly doesn't get things right when it comes to you in particular, you know, whether it's this, whether it's like the season ticket holder gifts that like were a pair of socks, like who thought that, who thought that, that, that warranted any level of respect? Hey, thanks for spending hundreds, if not thousands of dollars with us. Here's a free pair of fucking socks.
2: I mean, for sure, thousands. Don't worry, John. This year it was a twenty dollars credit to the food.
1: Okay, don't don't get me going, man. You and I, you and I. Stop poking the bear.
2: I like this. I like this topic because it's it's one where we can um, shit on the loons in a very like professional with a professional lens. Because you 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 mentioned it, and I hope people understand this. You and I are actual marketing professionals. Like Mm -hmm. it is literally been your job to plan these as uh to plan these and it has been my job to create ideate and execute these kind mm-hmm. of kind of things yeah. right yeah and so i think both of us can unequivocally say like at its heart it's kind of a decent idea this idea that we're going to do a social media based scavenger hunt or whatever um in order to give your in order to give people some some rewards but it's just like when you go to the web page it's absolutely like they're burying the lead. You have no idea what the point is. And all of the language is all about this idea of like starting a new, I mean, it is, it is reflective of supporters group language. We're, we're, we're coming out of the woodwork and we're, you might not know we're here, but we're here. And it's just like, I could easily see this as the manifesto for any, any group in the wonder wall. Right. But as you scroll all the way to the bottom and you click on the rules you first of all there's a rules tab and you're like oh okay and you read into it it's like oh no it's just shit you need to do on social media to enter to win stuff like change your change your avatar and post mission complete or what's this one go get on tv wearing MNUFC gear or submit a video of yourself yeah. uh, performing an yeah. everyday task without the use of your hands because of soccer right so it's like the the concept is there right like we're going to we're going to drum up hype and and get people to show how they how how much they support their local club but it's just like the execution is very very muddled not great from a creative standpoint as a creative director i am fully qualified to say that um so that's fine and you can win some cool shit like you can win free games of fifa or you can win yeah, some, yeah. t- some tickets or scarves and things like that it's all just goofy stuff like it's all for fun, but it's just like, the, and like you said, if you are the agency or the organization Mark, that launched, marketing that, director yeah. that launches this and it gets that kind of response, and nobody has any idea really what your campaign is about, and you have, and to they go to out, the
1: exact opposite direction of what the intent was immediately. Like,
2: that's an automatic fail. It doesn't matter how cool the idea is. It doesn't matter how. How fun the prizes are, or how cool the things are that you have to do to 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 submit. It's just like nobody's gonna do it. You failed, so that sucks. The funny thing, John, to me about all of this is how easy it was for any for for the for anyone, especially me, to believe that Minnesota United would recruit for and try to launch their own supporters group. Like it's <laughs> so. It seems so united, doesn't it?
1: It does. It's the MLSiest of the MLS things.
2: <laughs> like especially when you told me, oh, it's, it's some, you know, soccer marketing United is behind this. I'm like, oh, they're going to do this for everyone. Like after the no political speech fiasco and the boycott over not requiring masking during COVID that somehow they got true North elite to, to back out of. um,
1: And the, what you call it with the stadium workers.
2: Oh yeah. The wearing red, right. Like, doesn't it make sense, John, that like someone in the, in the office with someone in the office that maybe, is the owner would think it was a good idea to try and just hit the reset button on the whole, on the whole rabble and be like, we'll get some new damn supporters in there. I,
1: I think it's like, it's like, it's like old man tactics. Like you don't like yeah. me. I'm bringing my own guys in, you know, like, exactly. It, but here's the thing. How many, I, I mean, I, I, exactly. I'll i throw this out there and, and you might have more and we can continue to talk about this by all means. Let's get, but How many other MLS franchises was this engagement enacted for? And they were like, no, 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 not no. We saw what happened over here in Minnesota, launching it. We are not doing this. And MLS would be like, but no, some marketing is doing this. And we contract league so every team has to do this now so that they get paid or they they it's their thing like how many other i I, i've been trying to i I, i've sent a few text messages out to some friends who are in other states mls cities and uh, mls states and Mm ask them like have you seen anything like this come through because i know they're heavily involved in their mls schemes and and no one's responded back yet other than to say like we thought it was what a fucking terrible idea And like, are they really trying to do this? So I'm interested in seeing what, what the, what the, the backlash for, or or what, what happens to the other teams? If they, if they
3: just,
1: if they just throw traffic and they're like, no, it was their idea. And then they, and then it ends it with Minnesota United or if it's actually booted up in a, in a different fashion with better language for other teams, like this was the pilot and it did not go well, but also honestly, Nate, like, my gut that this is what everyone thinks it is that it actually is a, an attempt to to uh to to say our own thing we don't like you I, I i smell it i smell it in the air that that actually it, it actually might be that i don't know i could just be that's me
2: that's what i'm saying like it is it's not beyond the pale like it feels so plausible that that that's what it could be so uh i guess we'll see i doubt I, you know there's only so many prizes so maybe it's just a way to gather up contacts whatever i'm sure there's going to be some overlap but i'm i'm with you man it's just it it's a uh, to sum up to move on poorly done uh you know uh, hopefully, it's an other, man. <laughs> hopefully other clubs will learn from this and, and, and it'll probably get get rolled out in version 2.0 3.0 whatever across the country but but if it doesn't then it's just like wow I'm glad we were the guinea pig because this was fun.
1: It was fun to watch. I mean I can only imagine like what the what people in like Atlanta or Seattle are thinking about this with like their actual like good relationship with their club from a supporters group perspective. <laughs> like holy shit, can you imagine if this rolled out in in, in Seattle or Portland? Oh man, there like there would have been fly. like eff- 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 in the city square, uh, like whoever was responsible for this. But at the end of the day, Nate, to put a bow on this one, I'm not surprised first and foremost that this is a thing that it, that happened.'m I'm, I'm not surprised that some is part of it. Um, and I'm not, I won't be surprised if it actually, a few years down the road, the Legion pops up as a, and they have their own flags and their own privileges as being part of the Legion that folks like True North Elite used to have and no longer get.
2: We haven't had a guest on the show in a grip. I think it goes all the way back to Zach Susie ahead of the. The state, yeah, what a Lucy. the state high school tournament. But with all the news coming out of city HQ, we knew that this was the perfect time to get back into the rhythm. So we are excited to welcome back to the show, Minneapolis city's general manager, Matt Van Scoten. Matt, welcome back. Uh, I guess you could just sum it up by saying it's been a pretty quiet week around city headquarters, huh? Yeah.
0: You know, just uh regular, regular, all week not a lot happening you know, same, for, old, same
1: old same old same old yeah exactly not much well, report well matt it's been a long time since we we did this part of the show with you where we get to talk about all the great things you've done um, you know when you when you first came on the show as a, a bright-eyed and bushy-tailed u23 coach we, yeah. we talked about all the great things you did as a player And as a coach, um, youth ranks and with Bethel. But today is the day where we talk about all the great things you did as the head coach of Minneapolis City. So let me begin. You started. Last time you were on,
2: I think you were you were like closing down your in-laws
0: brewery. I remember that. I was 100%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you were. Yeah, like,
1: shut up, Nancy, and get out. <laughs> <laughs> so you started in the winter of 2017 uh, when we were get, rebooting the, the season up as a leader of the U23 squad and then took over the first team in the winter of 2018, so full calendar year after, and was at the helm all the way through this past summer before moving roles to the general, general manager spot. Your record as the first team coach was 25 wins, 15 losses, and three draws. A lot, a lot of either go big or go home, that that record indicates. Not a lot of draws. Um, you won two nope. NPSL North Conference titles, one Papa Panther Minnesota Cup, one NPSL regular season champion, which is the, the top team in all of the NPSL land. And you led the country uh, in charge of Minneapolis City. In At that top spot for 11 out of 14 weeks in a season. So that's some pretty damn good work right there, my friend. Um, other notes um, you are the club leader in most wins by a head coach, um, but subsequently, due to your tenure, the next one's not so great. You also <laughs> have the most losses in the history of the club. <laughs> damn it. So. One day we'll just get some like, lame duck manager who just loses a bunch and then they can take over that spot from you. Uh, but it's not a bad, not a bad bruise. It's just a slight bruise. It's it's not full. It hasn't turned fully yellow and, and brown yeah, yet. Yeah. Uh, but you're, you also, during your tenure, had the longest winning streak in club history at 10 games in a row. You also had the longest unbeaten streak at 15 games in a row. You coached six All-North Conference players, two All-Region players, and you coached four players selected in the MLS Super Draft. Three players signed with Nisa clubs, and one player uh, getting signed with MLS next. So, Matt, uh, huge pat yeah. on the back! You did a lot of really yeah. great, great stuff at the at the top spot. Um, but now you're taking on a new a, a new role.
0: Yeah. Uh, first off, thank you for that, and not realize that uh, it was that extensive. It, uh it's been a quick three years, four years, or however many it's been. Um, but uh, yeah, it's you know, it's it's funny you mentioned coming on this is. Uh, the first time bright eyed and bushy tail and now you know five years into it i'm cynical and
3: you look uh, like a president you know, at the end of
0: the term I, yeah hundred <laughs> percent i it's amazing what five years will do to you um it's not good no They're
3: like man it's, obama uh, looks like shit i'm so tired
0: <laughs> i'm so tired i just want to nap citizen stop singing um <laughs> Yeah. It's uh, no, it's been, it's been a fun ride, man. Uh, it's been, it's been fantastic so far. Uh, obviously, you know, things have been changing recently, um, but, but good changes, changes for the better. And, you know, it's awesome to see the club evolve and get better and bigger and, you know, just continue to try to push the limit because that's the whole point of what City is about. So, yeah, it's, uh, I'm excited for the new role, the new challenges that will come with it. It will be a little bit different than being on the field, but hopefully there will be less red cards, not no red cards, but less red <laughs> cards in my position. As that, So we'll uh, see.
2: <laughs> you mentioned it, man, like the roles, the, the club evolves, changes as the club does that you know, year after year, they tend to add positions. They shift responsibility around. And just like in the case of Adam Pribble, um, you know, you move on, you you get another role in the club that, you know, you're you're needed elsewhere. What does the general manager role entail? It is a new, relatively new position to Minneapolis City. But again, clubs growing, more responsibilities are getting passed around. What are your responsibilities and
0: how how have you found it so far? Yeah, it's been, it's been fun. It's been a new challenge. Like I said, I think the, since the general manager role is a new one, a lot of it is kind of figuring out what, what does this all encapsulate? There's obviously things on the playing side, like still player recruitment, working with the new coaching staff, helping them to be successful, um, you know, working with the futures, thinking about just, you know, how do we, Engage fans alumni and so it's it's uh it's it's moving from one very concentrated hat to a lot of different hats and just figuring out hey how do I how do I help and how do we continue to kind of move the club forward in different ways but you know I, I really in in the few months that I've done it so far I've really enjoyed it because I think when you get when you're as as the head coach or even on the coaching staff you get so singularly focused on the team, and that's it. And obviously, there's peripheral things that are happening in the club, and you know about, and you hear through conversations. But to actually really be a part of it and and learn, and you know, even with the futures is a great example. Like being able to be around them a much more uh, in depth and kind of seeing what JJ and the staff have been doing. Like it's it's great, and I love the fact that it's like, hey, you know what? I get to kind of come in and learn and watch what they do in a more extensive basis and think about what we can do to make that even better so
1: yeah very different but uh it's been it's been fun so far so in your new role which we'll get into a a little bit uh deeper here in a bit you recently made a trip to the netherlands the motherland i guess you could say given your last name Absolutely. with a few other folks from the club to to meet you know other other clubs um kind of do a little bit of the the audit put the audit hat on and see kind of how they do things hear from them learn from them first and foremost was the trip and how much of your waking hours were spent keeping Dan out of a skeezy european jail <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: less than i thought surprisingly it was yeah, okay good he held about... it together
0: right. he did he did he's he's very good at that um i don't know if i'm ever going to drink heineken or amstel light again uh <laughs> it this is the thing with europe too is it's like beer is relatively cheap and very accessible and so the crew that we were hanging out with uh in Camp Seedorf was very uh very much the the we'll call it the Amsterdam nightlife and showing us you know hey here are the spots and all that and telling us stories so which is great except for you know we did this on a Thursday night and then the next day we're supposed to drive an hour down to Volvik to go talk to RKC and so you know it's not not uber professional to show up hungover to an irritability club that's invited you to sit down at their table but we did it nonetheless <laughs> that's how we and roll baby <laughs> that's that's <laughs> right listen if we're gonna make good a good first impression we have to make the right impression and the only right impression is who we are and this is who we are so deal with it
2: yeah sorry for partying
1: so yeah exactly yeah sorry for being fun so what was, what was the main, outside of, of visiting our our, our friends, what was the main focus of the trip and, and where'd you all go and, and who'd you meet with?
0: Yeah. So the, really the main, the main focus of the trip was to meet with RKC or as they pronounce it in Netherlands, RKC. And so they are an Eredivisie club. They have been in the top division for the last, I think, four years but we were able to get connected with them uh by michael Lindsay, who is the father of a player named luke Lindsay in our club as some of you may know and uh they they'd have some connections over there and we've been trying to make this happen since 2020 and obviously with covid shut a lot of stuff down so you know we just the whole point was to go over and really kind of see how do they do things and obviously Eurodivisie is a tad bit bigger than <laughs> NPSL or USL, but what was really interesting is there were still a lot of parallels between who we are and who they are. So RKC has a budget of about eight million, which you know we'd love to have a tenth of that at some point. But when you compare that, they're competing against Ajax and PSV and Feyenoord, like it, it's it's very very small scale, and I would equate that for us when we go against. Uh, Des Moines Menace or some of these other more. Yeah, Detroit. Like it's just, you know, you're kind of in awe of like, man, you guys have so much and how do you do this? So to see how they tried to do things as a small club in a big pool was, was really helpful. And it was like unbelievably nice people. And there were so many times I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting here with a ear technical director telling me about how they do things. And I'm listening to, their analytics staff, and they're showing me, "Hey, here's how we do trainings." And there's the coaching staff, and we're going to go have lunch. And it's just like, man, this is crazy, but uh, really informative and a lot of fun. Just to
1: be around that environment and, and see how other things or see how things are done in other parts of the world. So you touched on, you know, the the budget uh, the budget aspect of it. But what were what were some of the main takeaways from from the trip and and who you met with? And, and how can that be applied to what we do in our little slice of the global soccer pie?
0: Yeah, you, I think the one thing that we took away from the RKC uh, meeting was they are very transparent with everybody. And, and obviously there is a hierarchy within the club, but they're very much like, look, like we, we are all going to succeed and fail together. And it's, <laughs> it's really interesting too, when you think about the fact that And they're very transparent and said, look, we're going to be judged by whether or not we stay up because if we get relegated, like we lose 60% of our budget, which means people get fired. And so Mm -hmm. it's, we obviously don't have that hanging over us, but I think there are some parallels to just sustainability within U S soccer, lower division. And how do we do that? So I love the transparency Mm -hmm. piece where they just said, look, this is our culture. We've established that this is who we want to be. We understand that we're never going to be, you know, top, top of the year to Visi, but we can be really good at what we do. And what we do is going to be basically a community club. We're going to engage our fans. We're going to start, you know, they haven't had a youth academy in a couple of years, but they're going to start that back up and really focus on player development. it's like,
1: yeah, that's, that's very similar to where, to where we're at with Minneapolis City. And you're like, hey, we got a whole bunch of young players that we could send over. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Would you like some of them? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, that was that was kind of going to be my question is, uh, you know, logistically how to run a club. That's all great. You know, part of the part of the huge difference between our club and any and theirs is that I'm sure their staff is paid their staff. Yeah. You know, it's their only job. Right. There's yep. just a lot of there's a lot of extra focus that can be put on. So there, there are lessons that you can take away about, about these kind of things. But ultimately it's like, who do we have that can plan game day between the hours of eight and 10 PM, uh, <laughs> <Right>. you know, <laughs> right. three nights a exactly. week. Right. Um, exactly. So hopefully there's something valuable there. I, I do want to poke a little bit of John's joke, but like, you know, you went, you were in a few different cities. You, you, you toured a couple stadiums and you, you met with, with RKC pretty extensively. Like, any inroads attempted to be made? Were you trying to talk a little bit about, about some sort of a pipeline? Like, you know, it's great that our players have been drafted by the MLS, but I think mm-hmm. at the USL two or the USL level, USL two level, you know, there are a lot of players that are going to be looked over by the MLS and they, they might appreciate a, a, a brief tour, a brief trip to Europe for a trial here or there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was the, you know, just to lay the foundation of, you know, how do we just start a connection and relationship with with this club? And you know, if something materializes, great. What was interesting is, and I I didn't know this, and maybe I should have. But if they're even for that club, if if they sign somebody who does not who's not on a Euro citizenship or passport, then you basically have to pay the international fee. Or you have to pay a lot more. Yeah, it's like, like even terrible. for like an yeah so even for an american like you got to be like for them to spend spend that money or waste waste the spot like you got to be really good now so that doesn't necessarily do us a whole lot of good there but what is interesting is we we have had and actually currently have a couple players who do have those euro passports and i think specifically like aurorio driscoll and you know good for him i hope he does super well at nashville but it's like hey if it doesn't work out or, you know, they're not interested. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's an easy call to RKC to say, Hey, this kid got drafted. Like, would you be interested in taking a look? Or even somebody like uh, Bernard Asabi rule, who is actually, he has a Dutch passport, like he's a dual citizen. Um, so I think there's some of those we can look at and say, Hey, you know what? We, we've got some players. Would you want to host them and, and do something like that? And you will, you know, the other thing that was interesting too, is like, they, you know, we we knew going into there like, hey, you you guys are the big dogs. We're you know kind of small fries in in the global soccer equation. But what was interesting is they they had done their research on us and they they talked about some of the players that had been drafted and kind of what we had done. And so they were at least familiar with who we were. And so it's like, okay, like you guys clearly see the value that we can have. And so you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if at some point you know we have a player that has a citizenship or, you know, isn't able to, you know, stick with an MLS team to say, Hey, here's, here's an opportunity. And, you know, I think for, for them, it's like, it'd be curious to see for them, like what that would mean to even bring an American into their ranks or on their roster. Oh true. man.
1: Would I love that sweet transfer fee? Oh God. That'd be <laughs> <so good. laughs>
3: that yeah, that no. was
0: actually one of the, one of the best, best, not best moments, but one of the most entertaining things was, as we're sitting there asking them questions and learning about what they do, you know, they're asking us questions. And I don't know if you've ever tried to explain the US soccer system to European or basically yes. anybody international. They think they they look at you like you're nuts. They're like, "Wait a minute. So so he went to the MLS, which but, but you didn't get any money." That that is correct. And so you're <laughs> you're at this level but you can't move up. No no we can move up. But we it have to pay more. So much money, and they're like, "But you don't get money for players." That is correct. And it just—it was these they, they couldn't comprehend. Like, <laughs> this is the system that that you live in. Yes, yes. How they have, they have do you
2: management. live like this?
0: Yeah, exactly. They're like, "My God, you poor bastards!" <laughs> <laughs> your uh, your first, your first big
2: test in, in as a general manager. Matt has been integrating a new coach with a really big reputation locally into the team and making sure that that transition goes as smoothly as possible. Have you experienced any bumps in the road as Carl acclimates to Minneapolis City and to the players, or has it all been smooth sailing?
0: No, I think, you know, Carl is fantastic and there's a reason why we hired him and and not just because of his credentials and, you know, legacy here in Minnesota. He's obviously a very, very good coach, but he understands who we are. And, you know, even if you had the best person in the world, like there's always going to be bumps and things that you're going to learn. It's just a natural evolution of learning a new system. And I think like for us where, you know, part of why we brought Carl in was like, we really want to be more professional. Like we want to, even in our amateur world, even in our crappy U.S. soccer world, we want to be better. And I think that's where having somebody like Carl has been good to really push and say, hey, this is what I want. This is what I need. This is how we should do things. And and then the reciprocal piece of that is for Carl to understand, hey, we are still an amateur club. You know, we, I don't have a magic wand to just make things happen. But where it has been good is cuz Carl and I have a good relationship even prior to this year is we can say listen uh, you know let's let's try to find a solution together on this and you know we I'm as I've said to him from day 1 like hey I'm I'm here to support you with whatever you need I know the challenges that come in being in that head coach role so you know there's always some unintentional disconnect between different facets of the club so let me be the person that kind of helps finesse that and yeah, it's, it's going to be a learning process for sure in a lot of different ways. But, you know, I think if it was anybody different than Carl, it would be a lot more challenging. Mm-hmm. But because of who he is, like he's, he's, he's kind, he gets it, he understands who we are. But, you know, and the thing I appreciate with Carl is he is very direct. And and I don't have an issue with that. I've worked with Adam Pribble for four years. and (laughs) (laughs) But, um, But Adam
2: is always like direct in the very nicest way.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. And but but again, I think we're Carl just says things how they are sometimes. And that's and that's okay because sometimes I'll say back to him, hey, this is the way things are. And it's not a screw you or whatever. It's just like, this is the reality. Okay, great. Cool. That's the reality. Where do we go from here? How do we Mm fix it? mm -hmm. So I think it's been, it's been good. I think the, you know, as, as the roster composition comes together, it's a good time for change, even based on last year, like, you know, for a number of reasons, like we, we weren't as competitive as we wanted. And so we're looking at this like, all right, so we've got a new coach, we've got a new staff and. Obviously, we're not throwing the entire baby out with the bathwater. But it's just, hey, listen, for all of us, there's going to be a little bit of a shakeup. And that's, that's a good thing for us as a club to really push ourselves and get better. And, and I think particularly for the players, like, hey, y- you might have been used to what we've been doing here, but if you really want it, like, this is how you have to adjust. And, and standards have changed. The coach has changed. And I think that's a good thing.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, and to, and to that point, you know, when you think about cult, the culture at City, always super important, always kind of the secret mm-hmm. sauce, the super the super glue that helps helps players, you know, stick together and perform better. Some of them even like above their potential because you know For they're sure. in so, they're so comfortable in their surroundings. I think that's something that might have taken a hit last year just by virtue of. Matt Elder goes away. Will Kidd goes away. You know, Aaron Olson out with injury long-term. Like there are, you know, the Oliver's kind of out in it, out of the club and then back in at the last minute. I think that there's that, that is something that maybe was missing, especially across all so many new players and, and so many young players, right? How is Carl fitting into that culture or to your point, is this about Carl coming up, coming in and kind of, taking it, molding it, and turning it into his own thing.
0: Yeah, I think, I don't think, you know, again, it could be Pep Guardiola, I don't think we're going to allow anybody just to come in and, you know, completely but, change the status quo. Well... Well, uh, maybe. <laughs> but I'll but, um but no, you know, with with Carl, it's been a good balance for him and us, to, for him to come in and put his stamp on what we are doing. And not to change completely blow it up but let's make this better or challenge some of the you know maybe conceptions or perceptions that we've had up to this point so you know it's I think it's been good so far and you know to your point we were talking about players and you you talked about kind of the culture that we had with the elders and AOs and Stiggies and little kids you know it's last year it was you know we we started to see some of that in our players, but it was just, there was a lot going on. And so I'm excited for this next year to see some of that start to um, take place with some of these other players. Cause even players that were with us last year and it was only their first year, like they're excited to get back after it this year for the guys that we've offered spots to. And I can see them, you know, Hey, I want, want to play with this guy and, you know, stuff like that. So I think we'll start to see that next generation of you know, crows kind of come together and like, Hey, these are, these are my boys and I'm excited to see that that happen.
2: I imagine that such a experienced, you know, kind of high profile coach is going to require a significant hand in the roster building. Uh, how, how are you, how, how is the club? I mean, specifically like you, John, and maybe Adam, if, if he's, mm-hmm. if he's involved, I know he's, he's kind of got baby on the brain. But, he's got
0: that going on.
2: Yep yeah. how are how are you guys working together with Carl to maybe start building a roster for spring? How does that dynamic look? Yeah, so don't we, answer, we, John.
1: I'm not to say anything.
2: I'm watching, they, the uh, US,
1: I'm watching the U.S. game right now. You guys, you guys are talking in the background. <laughs> he he says he's watching the U.S. game.
2: Thanks for paying attention. We
0: we we know what he's <laughs> actually watching on HBO mm-hmm. and that's fine. We don't yeah. judge. Yeah. Um, No, it's been good. I think the you know what we did was we had we so it's a little bit different this year. Like we we are not doing winter training um, Mm -hmm. because we don't U.S. Open Cup. Most of our guys, it's kind of split between in town and out of town. So it just wasn't worth the money to do that. So it's been it's been different in that regard. Just because, especially for a new staff to be able to see guys, has been more challenging. Um, You know, so I've even returning guys have said, hey send Carl, send Carl your video, which again, in years past, like, Hey, I know who you are. It's all good. <laughs> you to do that. I got to do what? Right. 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 But again, it's, it's good. Cause it just raises the standard of like, Hey, nothing is guaranteed. Everybody's got to earn it. And if you want to be complacent, that's fine, but you're going to get passed up pretty quickly. So we, we extended invites to anybody from last year who wanted to return to come out to these combines, Obviously there were some other, you know, there's always new players who want to join even from other clubs that reach out. And so brought them in and started to kind of go from there. And I think my list right now is at about 110 guys. So we're uh, we're starting to whittle that down. I think we're, we're down to about 40 or so right now we've sent out, or we've, we've verbally offered spots to, I think 12 guys, the roster will be somewhere between 25 and 30, So, you know, it's, it's, it's getting there, but I think the important thing for us and the staff is saying, you know what, we're going to be very intentional on how we build this. And a lot of that is going to be from me saying, Hey, here's who we have as our pool. And Carl's kind of looking at it and asking questions. And obviously he's conferred with his staff and, you know, are, are watching the video from the combines and really just saying, Hey, you know, here's, here's what I want. This is what I need yeah and um this is the so type gonna, is it
2: like like as in this is the type of player bring me these players or or like yeah, is, it, yeah. is it more like i've got a guy that, that no you, know, you haven't talked to yet
0: there's a little bit of that but i you know i think the where carl is good is i think he immediately garners respect and interest from a lot of different people and so they see carl Craig and it's like oh shit i want to go play for that guy which is sure. great. So even just kind of who he is, he has some of that. And, you know, he, he, everybody who is coaching here in Minnesota, he's probably coached at one point. So they, they all know him and he's a pretty likable guy. So they want to work with him. So, um, so yeah, it's been a little bit of like, Hey, here are these guys who might be a good fit for us. Here's the profile of a certain position. Um, but again, what, what's great is Carl understands, Hey, we're a Minnesota based club. We're taking local players. This is what we got. Um, and he gets it. And so, you know, he's been, we've been really good, I think working together in terms of him asking me questions about certain players and, you know, just even off the field stuff like, are they committed? What's their level of, you know, uh, interest and things like that. So it's been, it's been pretty good so far, even though it's different, it's been, it's been good.
1: So you're saying that, that, uh, you know, uh, uh, Pablo Campos and Kevin Freeland aren't aren't coming out of the old NASL days to. Uh, to uh, no, that. not not at the <laughs> moment.
0: But uh, listen, this is Minneapolis City, and it's USL and it's lower league, so literally anything can happen.
2: John, who was yeah. the guy that played for Valora last year? Where you were like, I don't know why this guy's playing for
0: the UPSL. It was, Pop-
1: it was Pablo yeah. Campos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Former yeah. NASL MVP. I remember I texted Nick Kent and was like, Hey, you know that guy you just bought, like banged around against for like the last ninety minutes? Well yeah, he used to be the M V P of the NASL. I was like yeah. good job. Um well so done, buddy. Like, like you didn't have much else on your plate. Um you, you yeah. talked about it briefly, but um you know you're integrating a new coach, you're shaping the roster, um, we're in the midst of the future site uh, the future cycle starting up again and, and you talked a little bit about that. But you know, I in the past, there's been that disconnect due to literally just lack of hours in a day
3: mm-hmm. between
1: not being full-time and having first-team stuff for the first-team coach to get involved early and often in the Futures program. Um, what, were your, what were your conversations like with Carl about the Futures piece of things and like how important it actually has been and it will continue to be – to grow the, the, the players and the player profiles identified from that younger age group up into the first team.
0: Yeah, that was actually, even in one of the first conversations that we had, I was actually going to meet with JJ and and talk through the future stuff. And Carl's first question was like, Hey, can I be a part of that conversation and just meet JJ? And then I think one of us ended up getting sick and it didn't happen, but he gets it. And it's encouraging to know that and, I'm sure that he will be out there he'll probably come out to some games and you know because he he takes it seriously to him this is a professional club and even if you know we live in an amateur world like he wants to be very professional about it and understands that you know even though not every single one of these futures players is going to play for us in the future like this is where we're always going to look first for talent and he can come in and have some input with the staff on, you know, what he's looking for As he puts together his game model for the first team and kind of his own stamp on things. So yeah, he definitely understands it. And uh, like I said, that was one of the first things that he asked me about. And so it's, it's encouraging because I, I could also see a first team coach coming in and just being like, you be like, this isn't, this isn't my wheelhouse. This isn't my focus. And yeah, I don't want anything to that. do with that. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. That's, for that's sure. certainly
1: not the case. So we talked about continuing the future of the conversation. We talked about Nate and I did on our show uh, a few weeks back, at, well, a few months back actually. Now, uh, when the when we broke the news that we're ditching the MPSL altogether, and out of our conversation, we we quickly like organically uncovered that the loss of that program uh, within our club will, will be less impactful on um, on the senior players because there's really only a handful of tweener players. That, mm-hmm. that were in that group, that then made the jump into the USL, the USL group last year. And we, and we quickly identified that it will actually be more impactful as a stopgap for the growth of the futures players into the first team. In your opinion, how much more difficult do you feel it will be for players now to crack into that first team? Um, from the future, since you've seen the talent level or the gaps in, in the talent level being the, the USL2 manager last year?
0: Yeah, it, it's definitely, it will definitely impact us not having an MPSL team for kind of up and coming players. But I think, you know, again, given that Carl understands the importance of the future and even how we started to do it last year, where, you know, I, I was talking to the staff certainly in preseason or before we started the season, you know, are there any players who should be considered and at least come up to first team training? Um, Cause yeah, having that pipeline is really, really important. So it will be more challenging. I think it'll require us to be much more intentional and even creative about how we do that. But the reality is, and all good coaches know, like players change. And, and, you know, I, I always go back to, a guy like Jonah Garcia where you think guys peak in college, but he's just kept getting better and better and better. And, you know, has been a starting center back at a USL two level. Like it's, it's all about the desire and do you actually really want to improve? And so that's where I think, you know, for us, it's obviously skill. You have to be at a certain level, but it's that mentality. Do you understand who we are? And yeah, like if, if guys have
1: that, they'll certainly get opportunities. Mm-hmm. So, Imitation, obviously, is the best yeah. form of flattery, as they say. Um, but it also eats into your bottom line and all the hard work you did to create the foundation of something new. So due to the success of the futures in the past two years to develop like the next wave of talent for clubs, other clubs in our state that are are competing against us or parallel or below us, you could even say, are starting to kick the tires on or roll out their own version of that programming how do you feel about the impact of that? And and, ha- and what has it had in your opinion on the players interested in, in joining the futures and maybe the talent going elsewhere, or maybe even the second year player thinking like, Hey, you know, now why would I go do that when I can do this instead?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great question.
1: You know, and I,
0: I was actually surprised it's taken youth clubs this long to really start thinking about adult yeah. nature, <laughs> right? Because it, <laughs> it, it, it really like it, it, I don't know, like, cause even from an MASL standpoint, <laughs> I, I was pushing this at different clubs I was at to say, Hey, you've got guys that like, again, yeah, they may not be at the USL or NPSL level, but why would you not just make a men's team and, you know, charge them whatever. So I'm, um, I'm not surprised that it's happening. I think clearly like, per usual, we've been the trendsetters in that and people have seen the success that we've had and, and you know, for when I first started this, I I would get upset and frustrated about the fact that it's like, oh, people are just trying to copy us and it's going to, you know, eat into what we're doing and that's only true if we if we don't force ourselves to get better and I think competition mm-hmm. makes us better and I also go back to like the whole purpose of Minneapolis city is to make Minnesota soccer better. And one of the challenges is, you know, when you do an open trial or you, you have to make cuts and you stand in front of these guys, you have to say to them and, and really mean it. Like, and we do mean it, like we want to see you continue to play. We just don't have a spot for you. So if, if we can't provide a platform for you, awesome. I hope that you go find it with, you know, uh, anybody else, like so that you keep playing. Cause again, players change. And I, I think we're, it forces us to continue to do what we do is, you know, if you look around the Minnesota landscape, like, yes, there are other teams and there's other opportunities, but I think the proof is in the pudding of if you want to go to the next level, you come play for Minneapolis city. And that hasn't Mm -hmm. been a, you know, one or two person thing. This has been, you know, now we're on six, seven players that have gone through our program and have moved into professional ranks. And so You know, that's where I think the youth clubs will be great and will give players opportunities, but for the best players, and and they may not be the best players right now, and that's okay. Like, Mm -hmm. at some point, if they're really about it, like, I think they'll come back to us if, and again, if we've done our job and continue to be at the level that we're at. So I, I don't think it's actually a bad thing. I think people who understand the landscape and understand what it's about they get it. Um, so yeah, like I'm, I'm not at all opposed to these clubs starting it. And I think it, it again just forces us to continue to be better at what we do.
1: Yeah. I agree with you on that. And, and like me, not really having a need to fill a gap on the, on the senior side anymore. Now with you being in the role and like a lot, some of the duties, I just, you know, they're yours now. (laughs) And I, I'm I'm here, I'm here to help if, if if need be, but (laughs) It, I, I've been moving more towards like helping out on the future side because I, I yeah. still, I still have a, um, a, a a spot in my, a soft spot in my heart for that level and, and soccer journey development. Um, and no disrespect to the players that we had, I, I could see it at the trials where in, in last season's version of the trials for the futures, I was like, Oh man, like there are a potential of like a handful of, future first team players here and i didn't mm-hmm. and i and honestly like and again all, all respect to the players that came out this year i, I didn't get that feeling and mm-hmm. I, I i didn't get that feeling because i saw what was happening in the soccer landscape mm-hmm. and and it um but there are there's still some really good talent in there um that I, i'm looking forward to but i i agree with you i'm i'm in the camp of this actually this is good for everybody and for yeah sure. it's it stings when we're trying to to, to do our thing and and to live up to our our club's expectations and and seeing another player go somewhere else it sucks but mm-hmm. it, it also is a form of, of flattery as well seeing them succeed somewhere else and knowing you have they had to stop with you in their journey so I, I sure. completely agree I completely agree with you for sure I think
2: for me Matt one of the things he said was interesting that, you know we want to make sure that we're you know the, the, the guys that come in and John you just touched on this too like yeah if if they don't get picked we we wish them the best and i think though that those relationships are important because those you know those guys can form bonds with with coaches or mentors or people that they that they know from from wherever they move on to, whether that means I play college locally, whatever. I mean, looking at, I think relationships are important is my point, right? Mm-hmm. That like the doing the, doing things the right way means that like, yeah, we might lose a couple guys to wherever I don't want to name right. names. And then in a couple years after they get to college, they'll come back because Jonah's their coach. I mean, you look at the mm-hmm. futures roster and you've got five of the more, most promising guys from Augsburg, on that squad uh, you know in, in the roster right now and Oxford was like s- the, the most high scoring team in the MiAC this year like these guys mm-hmm. just couldn't help but score goals and and so that's that's awesome but i also think that like execution is also important in in that that it's it's okay to kind of let let guys check out options and sure. maybe they'll find out that like making the futures squad for the buzzsaw team means that I don't get any playtime <laughs> <For sure. laughs> in anything yeah, real, absolutely. in anything real. Right. Or like, or like, you know, I'm, I'm on the and I'm on an NPSL team now, which is great. Higher so they, don't have, they don't
1: have any balls with Aaron on at but, practice.
3: <laughs> ah, and, we're,
2: and, we're yeah. pra- and we're practicing on, on, you know, half a field, you right. know, because that's the only thing we can afford. So execution is also important to, to guys. So, the you know the well where the cream rises to the top from a talent standpoint, also the cream rises to the top from like a club offerings standpoint and opportunity mm-hmm. standpoint. And that's just gonna, you know, that's that that's where it's gonna come down to like the real is is it a real opportunity that these other clubs right. are gonna provide. Plus and I think I'm it, I'm cool with it. Like our mission speaks yeah. for itself. Like diverse opportunities are important. And I'm sorry we're not gonna take we're not gonna only take kids from, you know, the eastern suburbs.
0: Right. Right. For sure. And I, you know, in and, and I think you, you were actually, you actually alluded to it really well, Nate, because you talked about the, the relationships and, you know, we talk about, Hey, once a crow, always a crow. And it'd be bullshit if we didn't mean that, but if we really mean that, that that means that you have to allow kids to make their own decisions. You have to, you know, if they decide that they're not going to play for me, you can't be like, Oh man, fuck that guy. He sucks like that. That's just not how it works. And I and I I'm I'm actually one of the things I'm most proud about with City is like I think that our we have a good reputation mm-hmm. in that regard in terms of with players like they know that that we legitimately care about them we want to see them be successful you know we understand that the way we do things may not be the best fit for them and that's okay because again if our whole point is to make Minnesota soccer better fuck yeah like go do some of this stuff and you know I think like. It's always hard because, you know, as, as you guys have seen in this landscape, there's a lot of people who are not in it for good reasons. And that that kind of taints your, <laughs> may, may, always makes you a little bit more jaded. But, you know, where where I am encouraged is I do think there are better people starting to get into it. And and I'll use, you know, I'll, I'll use Blackhawks as an example. So they're starting a new PSL team that's going to be coached by, Carter Albrecht who was the Laura city coach last year. Really? And yeah. And so, and, and what was cool was like, I, you know, I've talked to Carter a little bit, Brendan knows him a little bit more cause he's been at, uh, at Blackhawks, but like Carter absolutely has like used us as a, a template and seen how, seen how we've done things. And he even, you know, he was really gracious after we, we won and we beat them in the playoffs and, you know, even, even more gracious than I probably would have been at times. And I was like, all right, like, you know, he wasn't a dude that I really knew, but I was like, you know what, you're, you're somebody I, I want to see be successful. And even when we had our quarterfinal appearance that we hosted up at the national sports center, he came out to that game and he watched And he was just very complimentary. And so it's like, you know, he, he's not Minneapolis city, but he's trying to do things in a good way where it's like, Hey, you don't have to be under our banner to, to do good things in soccer. And it's like, Hey man, if you can, you can replicate what we're doing or, you know, again, put your own stamp on it. Awesome, man. Like I want to see you be successful. And I think like, particularly with lower division soccer, one of the things I want to see happen more, not just with us is like, can, can we as clubs start to be better about working together? Yes. We're going to compete. Yes. We're going to say shit at times, but, like, again, like, if, if we're really in this for the right reason, like, that's what, that's what matters. Like, let's figure out how to do right by these players because, again, that's been the issue is too many people haven't. And the more people we can encourage to come into this space, we can work with you know, help give them tips, even learn from them at times. Like that's, that's huge. Exactly. And
2: and not just working together, but like you said, just if we can get everyone if we can elevate the game and elevate the types of people as competition um, that are the people that are, that are going to treat the players the right way, that's going to make the landscape better. Like I saw a tweet, a thread today from a guy complaining about like how he had been watching a lot of film, and he's talking about like a U 12 and just like the (laughs) abhorrent things that he's listening to coaches scream at these kids. Yeah. Right. And it's just like, that's just not the, the, the right way to do it. And so if we can, uh, you know, uh, be the role model and yeah, there are other clubs, other organizations, startups, whatever that might copy the method, but it's like, if they can actually copy the method and actually copy the philosophy and the, 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 go about it in the same way then everyone's gonna be better off for it and you're not gonna get assholes that are you know screaming at guys from age 10 to 20 because <laughs> right. because why you need more money in your program's pool
0: yeah so. exactly exactly Matt, no i i couldn't agree more
2: I it's uh always an awesome time talking to you uh you know it's it's great to be able to to crack the crack the skull open of of one of the great minds in, in Minneapolis city history, and really hearing about your philosophy and, and really what's been going on because there's exciting shit going on in the club. And I think just, uh, you know, you as general manager is, you know, the next step to the club's growth. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's great to hear what that, what that entails. And, and what's coming around the band, man, it's, it feels like February is here almost. And it's like, that means it's almost spring. And that means it's almost soccer. And you can start to feel it already, which is, which is obscene, but. Really appreciate oh, yeah, you. Man. Really appreciate you joining us, dude. It's always good to good to run into you, and I hope to see you soon, man. Thank you so much. Yeah,
0: man. It it is always a prevalent. Pre- it is always a pleasure. The privilege is is mine. I appreciate you guys having me on per usual. And uh, yeah, I uh, you know we talk about different roles. I think one of my roles this year is uh, I might try to get up in the booth and uh, do some yeah. with good, good old biz worm. And uh do I don't it. think I'm going to live up to Dom Mesgen, but I will do my best. <laughs>
1: I mean, he did a really great job. Talk about a one-hit wonder. He was—he oh was incredible.
0: I think he one was, thing we learned: he was the Lou Vega,
1: Mambo Number Five, <laughs> the,
2: the, un, the, the never-to-be-repeated one-hit wonder. Yeah. One of yeah. the things we did learn last year, and you were on the sidelines, so that sucks. But one of the things we did learn—you <laughs> weren't there—was that like the booth is kind of the best place to party
0: yeah yeah i know the <laughs> one game that i like meandered for the MPSL when we were playing duluth i was like yo this shit is awesome like, <laughs> that, was, it? that was the one <laughs> i i the constantly... deciding factor for me to be not to not be head coach i'm like guys this is way better This is less stress is. more beverages let's go you yeah. oh,
1: it's funny because i get i get uh questions all the time of like so how hard is it really to like be an announcer a be uh, a color commentator a play-by-play person and i was like it's only hard in the prep and then like you get loosened up and then it's really fun it's, <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but, yeah it looks really fun but it also it, it's really hard in making sure you're covering off on all the details and that's yeah. why I, I i i have to say i'm so blessed that someone like nate moves in when nordo's there but like guys that understand how to pronounce people's names right and also <laughs> it's un- huge and understand like and remember who they are because i'm like you know <laughs> a play will happen i'm like i mean you you've heard the the broadcast and i'm like Oh, you know, like so and so, you know, a bad challenge or whatever, and then I'll be like, oh yeah, I was the complete wrong guy, but you just play <laughs> it off like you know, and yeah. then no one knows the wiser. That's it's so
0: exactly good. it. It's exactly the exactly it.
2: My and wife complimented me after I started in Augsburg. She's like, and she just said, "You do a really good job of pronouncing names," and I was like, "You that's, do." That's the feedback. You. That's like. That's the best thing I'm good like. <laughs>
3: <laughs> like, i
2: prefer to be a little you're, more dynamic you're than great that. At but if that's using
0: it, english Nate. exactly good job buddy <laughs> like nothing else anyway that's, uh that's it's it. gonna be
2: it's gonna be good this is what i'm saying guys it's gonna be a good summer already we're very it's fired up i'm just
0: it's gonna be so fun it's gonna be
1: awesome <laughs> all right matt well thanks so much man it's good talking with you and uh maybe I'll, I'll see you tomorrow in futures
0: absolutely appreciate you gentlemen thanks yeah, for all right me peace all out right,
1: we'll see ya
2: And that'll do it for this week's show. Thanks again to City General Manager Matt Van Benskoden, and thank you to our wonderful show sponsor, footballstadiumprince.com. Whether your club is in the news because you're top of the table, like mine, or because you're bottom and just sacked your manager, or because you just hired a shiny new manager, Football Stadium Prince has anything from mugs to T-shirts to sweet prints of club icons from around the world, like John's guy, Sir Alan Ferguson, or John himself, John Biswyrm.
1: Yeah, buddy.
2: <laughs> or eater Nelson Field. Don't forget, use the code CROWS10 for 10% off on everything you purchase. And remember, all US orders are shipped right here from the states. So there's no pesky international shipping charges or extra time invoked. Uh 2023 memberships are now available. $89 is going to get you tickets to every UPSL and USL2 home game, as well as a voice that helps to shape the club for next year. And as a reminder, Minneapolis City is a 501c3, so if you're looking at your tax forms and you're worrying about paying in, like me, plan for next year and consider a gigantic charitable gift to the club that loves to give back. If you're interested in getting a hold of us, we have made it simple. Hit the club up on Twitter at MPLSCitySC. It's the best show on Twitter. Or you can hit us up at the show at The People's Pitch. Or you can email us, mcscpodcast at gmail.com. And that is all for this week. I'm Nate, and that was John. We're so geeked. 2023 looks to be another exciting year in Minneapolis soccer. So buckle up. We're going to be back next week with some words from the Q&A with new manager Carl Craig. But until then,
1: you got